so this morning I have the privilege, my mouth is cold, I'm cold today. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I have the privilege of um, introducing Jennifer, our speaker today. You can come on up, let's give her a round of applause. So when we say that everyone gets to play here at the Vineyard, um, it's even up here speaking. Um, Jennifer has a gift for teaching and um, and speaking to others, as well as core groups. She's a dear friend of mine, too. So um, if you're interested in even, like, getting involved with teaching, we have, you know, there's ways to get involved in that way. So we're just excited that she's up here. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Don. I asked for a rock star introduction, and they told me no. And then I thought, well, maybe I should get, like, um, a tambourine and then dance my way down the aisle, and that would be fun for me but not so much for you. <laughs> so, good morning. Good morning. Oh, this whole side of the room is silent. It's like crickets. I'll try that again. Good morning. Oh, thanks. Hi, hi, hi. I'm so glad to be here this morning. came with my amazing husband, Carmelo. I know you said good morning this morning. He always tells me good morning. We've been together, we've actually had, we've, we've been married 19 and a half years, we're almost for a 20-year mark, but there was a time before Carmelo, I was actually a pretty young mom, I was uh, 19 when I had my son, Will, my amazing child, who's in the back, back there, doing a live stream, <laughs> but um, I actually uh, was a single mom for a while. I had lived in a domestic violence situation with my ex-husband, and I uh, was able to get out of it, and I found myself living, thank you, yes. I found myself living by myself for the very first time ever. So I went to my parents' house, and I lived with my sister, and then I lived with my ex-husband, and then I lived by myself for the very first time at 21, and in charge of a small child. So it was kind of an interesting, time in my life, it was very hard, and it was, um, uh, man, I, you know, how you look back on your life, and you're like, oh yeah, that was the hand of God, <laughs> that was Grace right there, who carried me through, because I'm telling you what, I don't even know how I managed um, at that young age, but we were, we were pretty poor, we were on welfare, and at that time, um, we got a check in the mail, that's how old I am, got a check in the mail, and then we got coupons for your food stamps. They're not on those fancy EBT cards nowadays. You actually got coupons in the mail. And you had to wait for the postman because you had to sign for your coupons. And if you weren't there, you were in a whole heap of trouble because you had to wait till the whole next day, take your little slip of paper they put in your mailbox, and go down to the post office to get your food stamps. And uh, there was one day I missed the postman. And I remember, I don't even know where Will was. He was probably sleeping. This is how desperate I was. He was probably sleeping, taking a nap. And I chased the mailman in his little car down the road <laughs> to get my food stamps. It, yeah, because it's a struggle. When you are struggling, it's like it, that is the most important thing on your mind right then and there. And uh, we talked about that last week. We talked about struggles and disappointments. And uh, it, it is. But I, I can't say I regret anything that's happened in my life because it's God's really led me to where I need to be. So and everything happens.
for a reason, and, and God uses those struggles to show us his glory, right? So we did have a person here who is a single mom who was struggling, and she was really struggling. And there was uh, another person who really felt led by the Holy Spirit to reach out to the single mom and really lifted her up and um, helped her out, just a, just a random act of kindness. But it was really important to the single mom, especially when you're a single mom and you don't have much of a network, um, <laughs> which I could talk about all day long, by the way. But it's that kind of random act of kindness that um, starts laying foundations of faith. And um, when I chased that mailman, I did catch him, by the way. I did. I did catch him. And he didn't have to, but he gave me my food stamps. He could have told me to go home. I should have because my son was sleeping. Yeah, I know. So bad. I'm not that bad, Mom, honest. But when you're desperate, you do desperate things, right? But that was an amazing act of kindness. Just, just one small thing, just for me. You're showing the grace of God. So let's go ahead and pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill this place. Let your presence be known today. May your kindness and your compassionate nature surround us and infuse us. Open our hearts and our minds to your words today so that we may serve you better. Amen. So there's this guy named Simon Sinek. Has anybody ever heard of Simon Sinek? Yeah, back there? Anybody else? Right there. Oh, so two people. Sweet. Excellent. So everybody else, this is new for you. Simon Sinek is this leadership guru. And he... Oh, man. I hit my phone. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's a... Sorry, I'm like really struggling with, with my hair and... The earpiece. It's falling off. There we go. Okay. He's a leadership guru. He actually has a he actually has a TED talk that he did about ten years ago on find your why. So Simon, so he was a businessman and he had lost everything and he was kind of at a dark place. And the way he pulled himself out of it was looking for his purpose in life. And so he came up with this idea of the golden circle. And so when we think about when we are at work or we're out in the community or working, you know, being with our families, we always have this outward-facing appearance or the work that we do, and that's what people usually interact with. And so when we talk about business models, it's usually the what of what we do, the why, uh, the how we do it, and the why we do it. But... Simon Sinek said, it's actually the opposite way. It's like, if you really want to have buy-in, you need to have everything that you do needs to stem out of your why. And so the golden circle, it starts with your why. And think of that it's like the middle of a, a lollipop, you know. It's the middle, the why, the purpose of who you are and what you do, your belief or your cause. So, so why do we do the things we do? And so people throughout the ages have actually looked for their purpose. Sometimes we even sit at home going, why am I even here? What is my purpose in life? What am I going, you know, what am I doing? 
why am I here? Has anybody asked that question? Like, why am I even here? Yeah. But we are the blessed ones because our purpose is to Jesus Christ. That's our why as followers of Jesus. That's our why. And everything flows from the love that was given to us through the shed blood of our Savior and the relationship we can now have with our Father through Jesus Christ. So our our why will always be Jesus. So that's the center of us. Our how is the next layer. And your how are the actions that we take to bring out our why. So what's our how? So we know that our why is Jesus, but the actions that we take on a daily basis to show the world around us that Jesus is our why, the driving force behind everything we do, are things like simple, random acts of kindness. Showing compassion for your neighbor, stopping to help those less fortunate, are actions that reflect our why because Jesus did the same for us. He didn't just walk past us. He stopped. So his actions, Jesus' actions on the cross showed us that he is our why and our what. Or our actions from day to day should be reflective of who he is. And so the very last layer is our what. So we've got our why and then our how and then our what. And our what are the visible proof, the tangible proof of our why. The actual work we do every day. And our why and our how are wrapped up in our what. So what does the work we do, the visible proof of what we're doing, of our why, look like outside these four walls? Because this is just a building. We're the body. Jesus said in Mark 2.17, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. And so Jesus had tangible proof of the work he did. And as a matter of fact, right before he said that, he actually had just healed a paralytic man and forgiven of his sins. So the visible work we do, whether it's participating in Love Red Left and, and volunteering for Kids Spectacular, <laughs> can't help myself. Cleaning up the park, working with the homeless, amounts like a thousand, thousand types of work that we could do are tangible proof that we're living out our how and our why. And so Jesus was always working, man. He only had three years of ministry, but he worked every single day. He never stopped. He was always seeking out the hurting and the lost, and we should be too. And if the church is the hospital providing a space in which kindness and compassion can live fully, then we are doctors without borders and that we need to move out into the community and show those around us the same loving kindness and compassion that Jesus showed us. All right, so I, so, (laughs) so I guess familiar with the story of Dorcas. So she's called Tabitha in, in, in the Bible in Acts chapter 9, but I really like the name Dorcas, so we're going to call her Dorcas. It makes him a giggle. 
So there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, or in Greek, Dorcas, and she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. So she was just a woman helping widows, actually, in her community, and she sewed them clothes because she saw a need, and she showed kindness and compassion to people who really needed it. And she didn't have to. She could have, like, walked away from them, but she didn't. We really don't know if she was actually a poor woman or even a widow herself. And in the book of Acts, she's described as beloved, and specifically within the early church in that community at Joppa. And she was pretty important. And actually, that might actually, when we when you read through the scripture here, is Peter actually came back to resurrect her when she died. She did die, and it was a huge deal. So her being a widow was not as, was, (laughs) so she may or may not have been wealthy or a widow, but what she did do was serve the widows in her community by sewing them clothes. She could have gone out and bought them, but she didn't. So I want you to think about that. As a poor woman... She spent what she had to serve other women in her community and sewed by hand clothing for widows. But even if we looked at the other side and was like, if she were a rich widow, she still could have gone out and just bought clothes or hired someone to do it. But she didn't. She did it herself and was humble about it. So either way, she was still serving the women in her community. And then she did die. And so this was the, actually the interest, most interesting part of the story, is that when she died, she was laid out on a table and covered with a cloth. She wasn't anointed with oil and wrapped for burial like normal, but she was just laid out with a cloth. And they went and got Peter. And when Peter showed up, they were begging him. The, her uh, church members were him, and then the widows. So the widows weren't even believers. They were just women that Dorcas had been working with. And they begged him to bring her back. And so he did. And he did. He brought her back. And everybody rejoiced. And the news spread through the whole town that she had been resurrected, and many believed in the Lord. So The big flashy part of this small, small story is the resurrection of Dorcas. But I would say that we need to look back at that first part about her random acts of kindness and her compassion for the women in her community. Because we need to know about the why. Why did Dorcas do the things she did? Because she was a believer in Christ. Just like we are. She understood that he was the purpose in her life and that the outflowing of a purpose-driven life moved her to kindness and compassion. She couldn't help herself because she was so in love with God that she wanted to show, it showed everything she did by loving people around her. And she was, and her how was 
because she was kind and served the less fortunate following in the footsteps of Jesus. She followed in his footsteps. We know that for three years in his ministry, that's all he did. He was kind and he was compassionate and he killed the hurting and the brokenhearted. And in Matthew 15, 32, Jesus showed compassion to the 5,000 because they were hungry and he fed them. And in Matthew 11, we see that Jesus showing kindness and compassion to those who were tired and weary and just needed to rest by offering a safe place and loving space. And so Dorcas did the same. And she showed kindness and compassion by sewing clothes for women or widows in her community because she had compassion on them. And I would imagine that as she's sewing, she's having conversations with these widows and she's providing a safe place for them to gather and, and have and hear about Jesus and for her to be able to give compassion and love on these women who don't have it. So what? So what's Dorcas's what? So her resurrection actually propelled those around her into believing in Jesus, but it really did start with something small. It started with those small acts of random kindness to local widows. She showed compassion and kindness of Christ through providing something as simple as clothing, and she didn't need to, but with the combination of her why, Jesus, and her how, random acts of kindness and compassion, Dorcas was laying the foundation of faith to those who were less fortunate than herself. So even though she wasn't converting women as she sewed for them, she was laying a foundation. She was laying a foundation. She was planting seeds each time she spoke to one of the women that she cared for and provided clothing for. Such a small thing. Such a small thing. And so God uses us, and he uses healing and physical, mental, and emotional healing to have uh, to impact others. And we can do that by telling our stories to those who, who need to hear it. And by planting seeds and building foundations and doing super small things, little things. Um, I was at Starbucks, because that's like my favorite place to be, apparently. But, but buying somebody a cup of coffee, you know, it's, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but that might be the only thing they get for the day, you know, buying a cup of coffee. I was, <laughs> we went up to um, Saul Tourist a couple of weekends ago to go visit with Nikki and Corey with Walter, and we went out to lunch after church. And this um, older woman was actually paying for her dinner. And as she was getting ready to walk out the door, she turned around and said, Oh, can I get a cup of ice? Can I just have a cup of ice? And the woman behind the register was like, Well, that's 50 cents. You have to pay for it. And she's like, Well, I I don't have any more money. I don't have 50 cents. And I was like, 50 cents is, like, for her, that was a lot of money. But for us, I said, I'll give you 50 cents. Give her a cup of ice. It's not that big a deal. So, just little things. Because you don't know. You don't know just by being really kind or just doing a small thing how much it's going to impact them later. Yeah? So, like the mailman, when he was really kind to me and gave me 
let me take my food stamps, I was able to go and feed my son. And he was two. And he was hungry. He was a big boy. And he ate all the time. <laughs> Hard to keep food in the house with him. But little things, they really do matter. It really is the little things. So be a dork for Jesus. I really enjoy that. Be a dork. Be a dork for Jesus. Because as we can see, it's, it is the small things and building the foundation of faith. But it's also the big things. Because even though Dorcas was laying that foundation, it was her death that actually propelled the women that she was serving to actually come to Jesus. Because she took that time with them and doing small acts. So be intentional. When you leave her today, be intentional. Really look for those opportunities to be a part of someone's life. And you could be a complete stranger, and you may never see him again. But it's so important because you are the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you're not showing that out, then you need to really think about what your why is in. Because if our why is Jesus, then we need to be showing that every single day. Whether it's a really small act of kindness or something big and flashy. But be intentional about it. And just remember, it really is the big and little things. Everything matters. Everything matters. Alright, we're going to go ahead and stand. Look, you guys are getting out of church early. Amazing. Alright. You can listen to me all day. Bless your heart. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go ahead. If you're able to, go ahead and, and stand. If not, that's okay. I don't stand, I sit. And I'm not shy about it. Heavenly Father, we just praise your name. We do. We praise your name. You are holy. You are holy. We are so grateful for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your son that was given to us so that we can have a relationship with you. that your light shines in us so brightly that others can see in the dark. Random acts of kindness and loving those around us sets the foundational groundwork for the lost to be found. We pray as we leave this place where we gather that your words echo so deeply inside of us that when we walk out the door, it just reverberates through the entire community. Thank you, Jennifer. It was a good message.
Yeah, so it's another good story in the Bible of Dorcas. And um, I think that we'll just keep praying that during the week, how we can be an influence in our um, daily lives, our weekly lives. If you see needs in the community, meet them or figure out how we can meet them. Um, But thank you so much for that. And I just want to encourage everyone, please come next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Join us, bring friends and family, um, as well as today at 1 o'clock for the chosen um, recording, too. So thank you, guys. Amen.